Good morning. I'm Donna Quinn. And for the next half hour, you'll be listening to Talk of Our Towns. Today, we'll be talking about exciting events happening tonight, tomorrow night, and on Saturday in celebration of Black History Month. Tonight at 530 at the Astoria Public Library, there's an event. And then after that, a showing of Birth of a Nation at 7 p.m. at Fort George. Tomorrow night, there's a philosophian discussion on slavery, religious, religion, and freedom. And then on Saturday, a talk at Fort Clatsop Visitor Center at 1, Discovering York. We'll find out about all of this and more from my guests. In the studio today, I have Seth Titchener. Seth is a professor of philosophy, religion, and politics at Clatsop Community College. He's also the co-founder of Philosophians. Good morning, Seth. Hello. Happy to have you here. Yes, happy to be here. I also have the talented Ron Craig, who is a filmmaker, historian, founder of Astoria International Film Festival, and co-founder of Astoria Jazz Festival. Hi, Ron. Hello. <laughs> um, and um, before we talk about these events that you all are very deeply involved with and sponsoring and making happen, let's let the listening audience learn a little bit about each one of you. So, um, Seth, why don't you start and tell us about yourself, please? Well, uh, born and raised in Portland, but I've been coming up here all my life. My grandparents were up here. I've taught in several different places around Oregon State, Hawaii, uh, Linfield, and most notably Clatsop Community College. Um, and I run a nonprofit with my wife, Gad, called Philosophian, where we have philosophical conversations and do philosophical projects both here and around the country. We've actually even given a little TED Talk about it before. So all sorts of different things. Well, you know, for a listener who might say, well, what is the definition of philosophy or what is your definition? There are probably multiple definitions, there, I guess. It's, it's a great philosophical question, and there are all sorts of ways of thinking about this. But I'll tell you one of my favorite ones. Uh, I got this from a guy named John Campbell. Um he said that philosophy is thinking in slow motion. And when he was asked what he means by that, he said, well, you take ideas that you ordinarily do at very great speed. So assumptions, beliefs, inferences. You slow them down. You look at their nature. You look at their texture. You look at what their structure is. And from that, you see both a new dimension to them, and also their possibilities. And in that sense, I think one of the great things about philosophy is it shows us the architecture of our own thinking and shows us the possibilities from that architecture. So it's a contemplative art form. It's contemplative, but it is also very engaged. It is centered in uh, asking questions and conversing and working through things. It's, I think, a back and forth of both contemplation, but also uh, engagement. It's working with the structure of ideas itself. This is part of why Ron and I are doing this together, because it's an engagement of something that's active and involved with this. Yes, absolutely. Philosophy, yes. noun, verb. All right, Ron Craig, please tell the listening audience about yourself. I don't know much about myself. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're still learning. You're <laughs> that existential he's a great philosopher question, also. who am I? <laughs> That's it. I'm going on that tagline of philosopher. <laughs> uh, I was born, like I said, one of these situations where people look at me and say, well, where were you born? I was born in Birmingham, uh, Alabama, and Birmingham. And I was left, I, I left there in my mom's arms. I call it the old country. And I wasn't even a year old. So my first encounter with Oregon was, should I say, Highway 30. And then I was raised in Portland. And Portland, uh, for my family, which still lives there, and I reside here in Astoria now, but it was always a total experience because uh, we would go back down south and see 
my relatives down there, and being raised, shall we say, in the Northwest, there was a disconnect. And we found out early on, being raised in a, a sort of, you know, neighborhood as far as where we have whites and you know their best friends and everything we couldn't go down there and say i want to go next door and play baseball with the kid there because my dad informed us that that was not allowed down there and it was my early understanding of what the whole system was as far as uh shall we say integration segregation or human rights and so it's always been a footprint with me uh and the idea of being able to put that in a sense that i could communicate with other people it came about as far as film festivals and making films. And I got involved in, in doing historical events. Uh, one of the more prominent ones we did was York. And as far as being able to get the information out about this, and he was just the person that was there, so prominent in U.S. history, that I did not want to compartmentalize it as far as uh, black history, because it was about U.S. history. And so it's always been fun to be able to do that, and at the same time to be able to launch, the uh, three years ago, the Astoria Jazz Festival, because music to me is definitely a philosophical and a sort of a cultural link to being to understand, to understand different people's culture. Uh, so whether it's jazz or if you're sitting in Hawaii, listening to drummers, it's all important about that stuff. So I think mm -hmm. that for me to keep going with that, as I told people before, it's a marathon and it ain't over yet. Well, so you came to the Pacific Northwest as a baby, mm -hmm. um, and but then you went back to the South to visit where there were, uh, there was a, did you call them African-American population, black population? What did you call, uh, what was that called at that time? My grandma. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay, all right. Family. But there wasn't much of one in Portland, right? There was... Right, yeah. Well, the thing about in Portland, you know, versus, like I said, it was such a dis distraction as far as being, to see the two cultures together, because it was always the church was very much involved in it. As far as being down south, uh, you would see everybody come together under this religious, you know, should I say, format, and yet at the same time, the same thing was happening in Portland. And so I was involved in one of the oldest churches, African-American churches in Portland. And I was able to see a lot of cultural diversity because people would always come through the door when they wanted to communicate with, quote, the ethnic community, the blacks and the community and stuff. So it was always so great for me to be able to see that as a young man. At the same time, I lived in a community that was redlined. And if people are not familiar with that, is the fact that there are certain areas that African Americans couldn't live in Portland. And I was only three blocks from the red line. I had very dear friends of mine that I could go see them, but still, again, I could not move next door. And so with that sort of situation of realizing what it was about, it was like I called it the Mason-Dixon line as a young child because I didn't know else how to define it uh, as far as the redlining uh, area. Things have changed, and yet things have not changed. <laughs> that's that's we we still have a dilemma here. We still um, need to try to figure out what a humane society really looks like. Um, so the two of you are engaged and active, and Black History Month. There are these events happening tonight. Two events tonight: mm -hmm. one tomorrow night, one on Saturday. What is Black History Month, how did that begin? Well, I think it was a lack of um, 
knowledge uh, as far as suppressing a culture uh, or history. And as I tell some of the students, the idea that to know one's history is empowering and to not be allowed that history is disempowering. And I think the idea that to put a signature on it as black history initially was a good direction to go. But we have to understand that this is U.S. history because as a lecturer, I go around and they'd say, okay, Ron, we want you to come lecture, but we want you to lecture in February, the shortest month of the year. and Which is Black History Month. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so they have pigeonholing you. That's it. And I, to me, that was a disservice. And so we had to keep on going, and we will keep on going. Because, as you mentioned earlier before we came on the air, this is the ice. This is the tip of the iceberg. This is their conversations that we all need to have um, about topics that are uh, controversial, which maybe shouldn't even be controversial. Because um, if we, I mean, people ask me like, "Well, are you related to so and so?" I just say, "If you go back far enough, we're all related. We're all one." And yet, yes. that philosophy mm-hmm. is um, is only in certain parts of our society. Yeah. Well, there's all sorts of ways, I think, that one of the problems that we face is when we think about who we are, what we are, and what we're connected to, we discriminate and delineate as much as seeing the uh, connections between things. Now, sometimes I suppose that's a necessary thing. It's important to be able to stand as you are in the world and to be able to have a sense of what you are and, and how there's significance in that. But... At the end of the day, human beings are social creatures, and they're creatures that recognize the connections between things. And the way that we flourish and the way in which we do things is when we recognize how to be with one another. One of the things that we're trying to do with this, both with the projects that Ron and I are doing right now and just in our general endeavors overall, is to try to keep conversations going so that we can begin to recognize how things are interconnected with one another, how we can appreciate these things and bring out the best qualities in one another to to this stuff. This is it's very important thing. And it's so easy to lose sight of um, either because of day-to-day ideas, the things that get in the back of our minds that we're not even aware of, or sometimes just like Ron was saying, this this way of pigeonholing things or marginalizing things without realizing that we're doing it. And so trying to talk about that and make this connection, not just about what we're talking about today, but as an ongoing process is a big part of what we're trying to do with this. Going beyond labels. Yeah. And, and then questioning, why do I believe what I believe? Is that something that I was imprinted with by a parent who was imprinted by that, by the, by the grandparent, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and really looking at and saying, wait, is that really what I believe and think about, you know, uh, about people or the earth or whatever? Or is that just something I inherited? And I don't, I don't know. You know, an old mentor of mine used to say, it's not a sin to be ignorant. It's only a sin to stay ignorant. And there's a certain way in which one of the things that we have to do is we have to be able to find the limitations that our minds and our spirits find themselves confronting, find the limitations within our community, and then do things within ourselves to be able to reach out and be able to do this. That often involves looking at things that aren't always easy to look at, that might be something that we feel some sense of... of uh, 
shame about sometimes. But the way that we proceed, the way in which we can come about and, and be more of what we wish to be, is to be able to look at what these things are, see how they could be better, and how we, in living our lives today and tomorrow, can make these things better. Looking at the better angels of our nature, I think that's a, it's a lovely phrase for it. It is. Ron, what have you seen over the years that you've lived and being involved with film and, um, and, and having familiarity with the South and then in the Pacific Northwest? How are things changing for the black community? We must acknowledge there is change. And um, I think within the black community, um, like I said, my family was very involved in the movement, let's say, in the 60s and so, so forth. But the gentrification, the changing in certain areas in Portland specifically, as far as like Williams Avenue and Vancouver Avenue and Mississippi, those areas are very desirable now and stuff. But what's happening is people are, they do not have a sense of the history there, that mm-hmm. what came before. And they think that that's being, should I say, they're trying to acknowledge it and putting more little footnotes around to let people know this is what the community was about. And to be able to see that change, that the people that are moving in, they understand the history of what happened in that area because we have some significant events that happened as far as like the Vanport Mosaic, which has done a lot of things as far as acknowledging these histories going on and stuff. But you think about Vanport as being the second largest city in Oregon in 1948 and the Mm -hmm. fact of what it did to the culture and also uh, the geography of Portland. There was no place for African-Americans to live. And so at this point now, a lot of the gentrification that's happening is putting people out of their homes because it's enough next generation and the grandmother may have owned this house and, you know, by cleaning floors or whatever it is. But the next generation says, well, OK, I'll give it to this guy for twenty thousand dollars. He does a real here and there and stuff and changes. So it's no secret as far as how the changes come about. So having said that, it's a positive. Things are coming along, but people need to be a little more cognizant of just what is out there and what it's about. And I think that that's being lost to some degree, but it's not, it's, it, we can get there. It's not a, a fatalistic sort of approach at all. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Talk of Our Towns. I'm your host, Donna Quinn, and today we are talking about Black History Month. We're talking about two events happening tonight. Uh, we have a 5.30 event at the Astoria Public Library sponsored by Ron Craig, who is my, my guest here in the studio. Ron is the founder of the Astoria International Film Festival. He's a historian, a filmmaker. He's also the co-founder of the Astoria Jazz Festival. Um, and uh, so tonight, 5.30 at the Astoria Public Library, and then at 7, Birth of a Nation, film at Fort George. We'll talk about all this in just a minute. Um, and then on Thursday, tomorrow night, at 7 at the Lovell Showroom, there's a uh, philosopherian discussion, slavery, religious religion, and freedom. Um, then on Saturday at Fort Clatsop, Discovering York. So we'll talk about that. And I also have in the studio Seth Tishner. Uh, Seth is a professor of philosophy, religion, and politics at Clatsop Community College. He's also the co-founder of the Philosopherians. Let's talk about tonight. What's happening at 530 at the Astoria Public Library tonight? We have a, a situation where, um, as far as the history of Oregon uh, and as far as in slavery, uh, 
And as far as the chains on, and sort of the metaphor as far as on the Oregon Trail, and typically it's a, a, a novel about a individual uh, as far as blacks coming here to the Northwest. And to be able to secure their freedom, they, what they were able to do was go into the courts of Oregon as a white judge, uh, a white jury, and to be able to secure their freedom which had been, shall we say, guaranteed to them uh, in their transit as far as coming here to the Northwest. And so basically what it comes down to overall is opening another one of those doors as far as Oregonians. You're thinking about, well, that's just South Carolina philosophy. It's right at our doorway. And mm-hmm. that is what's going to be so intriguing to most people. Well, mm-hmm. tonight at 5.30 at the Public Library, uh, this uh, event with our Gregory Noakes, who is um, a uh, well-known author. He wrote the book Breaking Chains, Slavery on Trial in Oregon Territory. And he will be speaking tonight at 5.30 at the Astoria Public Library. Um, and that's going to be an incredible discussion, I think. Oh, absolutely. I think, once again, like I said, I always, one of my little, should I say, mottos is the fact that people, as far as being ignorant, they're uninformed. <clears throat> and Seth and I agree on that overall, the fact, but to be able to inform people, then that, once again, what they do with that information, but like I said, the fact that they're, they're not ignorant, they're just uninformed. Mm-hmm. So tonight you will be able to hear from uh, from Gregory Noakes about this. He's an award-winning journalist. He's traveled all over the world. And um, and it would help us to learn more about our history here in the Oregon Absolutely. territory. Absolutely. People will find surprising, I think. Yeah. Yes, a lot of people don't know this. Mm-hmm. And then at 7 o'clock, Birth of a Nation. So you can go to both of these events tonight, uh, 5.30 at the Public Library, then go over to the Lovell Showroom where you can have um, food and, mm-hmm. and good beer. Mm-hmm. Um, Birth of a Nation at the Fort, Lovell, uh, Fort George Lovell Showroom. And let's talk about Birth of a Nation. Well, it's a, a revisiting of the Nat Turner story uh, as far as an a history, a reflection of a history back uh, during slavery times, and with the idea that it was very much in in conjunction with religion, because the riots that were a byproduct of this time period was the fact that they got Nat Turner to as a slave, he was able to read. So that put him on a different level. So the short of it is the slave owners put him out there to be able to support or justify the reason they are slaves and what they, why they should obey their masters in conjunction of the narrative from the Bible. And so once he realized that he was being manipulated like that, all of a sudden it all explodes. And I think, once again, it's a U.S. history, and I think people will be totally at all at the whole thing because it is as accurate as it can be. Well, Birth it, of a Nation is an amazing film. Yeah, and yeah. it's something, It's something too, just so it's clear, we're talking about the Birth of the Nation that was in, put out in 2017, not the, yes. not the 1915. Okay, I was version. wondering, because 1915, the original Birth of a Nation. Yeah. Yeah, it was up for Academy Award, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, okay, uh, so anything else about Birth yeah, of a Nation? Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things that we wanted to, uh, Ron already said quite a bit about this, but but one of the things that we wanted to lift up with this was, again, the role of religion within this and the way that religious belief has 
the power to either be an incredible force of oppression or an incredible force of liberation. And a lot of it has to do with the way in which uh, it's not just carried out, but the way in which we're conscious of what it is. We have to be present to and reflect upon and honest about what the deeper values and deeper beliefs are with this. There is a way that you can use religion, and this is what the this is what happens within the movie, that the the slave owners try to use religion as something to essentially create a kind of duplicity on the very people that hold it. But when religion is able to awaken in people a a kind of larger awareness of the possibilities of themselves and their communities and the world more generally, um, really the everything that they had been trying to, the slave owners had been trying to use uh, the religion for bursts upon itself and, um, and, and the pursuit of freedom ensues. <laughs> and know. all of these events are free, by the way. The, the two events tonight, free. the uh, Story Public Library at 5.30, then at 7, the film at the Lovell Sherman at Fort George, all free. And tomorrow night, Thursday, mm. February 27th, 7 p.m., Slavery, Religion, and Freedom, a Philosophering Discussion. Let's talk about that, Seth. Well, one of the things we want to do is, you know, we're going to... um, So tonight, when we watch the... Um, when we watch the film, they'll, we'll have a little. Ron and I will have a little bit of a talkback session for people who come who would like to raise questions and bring things up. But for the most part, what we wanted to do is leave people with some questions and ideas to contemplate for Thursday. And then on Thursday tomorrow, we're going to try to. Um, Ron and I are going to have a little bit of a conversation about some of the general questions that arose from this, um, bring up some ideas between the two of us, but then we want to open it up to the to the community and facilitate a general conversation with this, a conversation that we hope won't just be tomorrow night, but will continue on and on and on. We want to sort of lay seeds for, for a continued and uh, perpetuating reflection upon this. Yes, and the discussion, so if people are unable to see the film tonight, Birth of a Nation, or go to the public library, they can still show up for the philosophy Absolutely. discussion. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're, do they're, one or the other, but do both yeah, if you can. They, yeah, they, we they, encourage them. Yes, they're connected, yeah. and it's, uh, they'll certainly help one another, but they're by no means do you need to do one in order to do the other. They're both right. independent that way. Ron, do you think that some folks might be nervous about maybe they'll say the wrong thing or they will ask a question that would be offensive or something? I mean, do you feel like people are concerned about how they're expressing themselves and and what's okay to ask and what's not okay to ask and talk about? Yes. Uh, I think it's imp- I, I like for them to be uncomfortable because a lot of times when I look at it, it's a lack of knowledge of knowing what's going on. To be able to come there, we had a, was it a forum a while back, short story, the fact the guy said, I'm a reformed racist. And so how did I deal <laughs> with that? I said, welcome aboard. And so I, I did more dialogue than that. So with people coming there as far as wanting to have the conversation, as Seth said, it's a marathon. We want people to come here. As far as being offensive, well, I think if they come here knowing they're loaded for offensive dialogue, well, then that's something... It happens. But overall, we encourage anybody from any perspective being able to come and talk and see what's going on and express their opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It's about working through things. I mean, yeah. a, a friend of mine likes to talk about conversations like this as building. 
he'll say he'll say let's let's go build something together and we'll have a conversation where we'll take all the materials that we find and find a way to build ideas and structures and try to rectify things and do things not just between each other but within the communities that we're a part of generally yes. building sometimes can be tiring sometimes it can even leave you aching a little bit but in the whole process something good hopefully comes out of it and <clears throat> i think as uncomfortable as it might be sometime, you know, it will, it'll never be disrespectful. It'll never be, you know, anything like that. It's something where we're working to try to do good things with this. Uh, you're encouraging sharing yeah. and uh, dialogue that, that may be difficult and yet needs to be put out there because yes. we all need to look at ourselves and our belief systems and where mm-hmm. did that come from. I also want us, because we just have a few minutes left, to talk about Saturday, February 29th at 1 p.m. at the Fort Clatsop Visitor Center, Discovering York. Uh, Ron, just give us a minute or so about that, please. Um York was uh, the only African-American member of the Lewis and Clark Expedition, and in 1804, he and were they were voted on the other side of the river as far as whether they are going to stay on the North Shore or the South Shore. Short line is the fact that it was empowering at that time to know out of 33 members, they asked the only female that was on the expedition, an indigenous person, and a slave what they thought. Some people said, well, it was just a poll. It was was a military expedition. You put that aside. They asked them what they thought. And, and like you made a film about that. Yes, we did the film. We're going to so be screening that. you're going to show the film. And uh, Oregon Experience, and that's a half-hour film. We'll be able to screen that. And once again, it touches on all the aspects of York's presence. And like today, you can still get head turns when people say, who was York? And so mm-hmm. once again, it's U.S. history. It's part of who we are, and we want to be able to put that out so people understand it. So that's 1 p.m. at the Fort Clots Visitor Center, Discovering York with Ron Craig. And before we came on the air, we just have a few minutes left, so I want to have each one of you say any last things maybe we didn't talk about. But this issue of how we treat one another is, whether it's Black History Month or whether it's recognizing other you know, oppressed peoples or ideas or whatever is happening in the world. It's not just political, you said. It is a, it's a moral and spiritual question. It's untying the knots and trying to get us to look at things in a larger context. Absolutely. Yeah, very much so. I mean, there, there's a certain way in which why we do things this way is because, and this is my philosophy professor's side coming out in this, but there's there's a way in which everything, insofar as it is what it is, depends on a kind of interdependence. And our freedom, amongst other things, in a deep, deep sense, is not just us thinking about what we want to do whenever we want to do it. Our freedom comes from recognizing that interdependence and finding ways in which we can fully be in that with each other entirely. Conversations like this about things that have that have been uh, problems in the past and that need to be rectified uh, or addressed are ways in which we pursue that freedom because we find the deepest aspects of ourselves that can connect to the broadest parts of it. This is one small step in doing that, talking about one set of knots in the larger aspect of human experience that we can all work on together in perpetuity and try to find ways to untie it. So come with an open heart and an open mind and and be willing to learn. Yes, Yes, exactly. And share. Any last thing, Ron, from you? Well, I think overall, as far as, you know, as far as film slash history, as far as religion, um, I think that people need to look at their own history. And I think they'll get a reflection of where they've been and where they want to go and stuff. As I tell some of my young students, in fact, they ask, you know, how do you make a documentary film, Ron? I said, you take your phone, you find the oldest person in your family, do a 10-minute 
question and answer with them, and there you have. You've documented their existence, and you're going to learn something from that experience that's going to broaden who you are as a person. And I think overall, that opens the door for their curiosity, and I think that's probably the biggest thing that I would pass on to people. Oh, thank you both so much, because it is about curiosity, and it's Mm -hmm. about, you know, um, again, as you said, active engagement. I mean, there are going to be some lively discussions here. So um, thank you both so much for all that you're doing, putting these events together. So again, tonight, 5.30 at Story Public Library, then 7 o'clock at Fort George for the film. Um, And Thursday, Philosopharians, that's tomorrow night at 7 um, and then on Saturday at 1 at uh, Fort Clatsop at Visitor Center, so many ways to celebrate Black History Month and begin a conversation which is far-ranging and can, needs to continue on and on and on. How do we create a more humane society mm. with each other? Thank you both so much for being thank here. Thank you. And thank Appreciate you so it. much, Dylan Hauser-Schalk, for being the amazing engineer he is. And my gratitude to local talented banjo instructor Michael Bruin for his original theme music for this program. Until next week. Let's all take a moment together right now to take a very deep breath. It is so healing for body, mind, and spirit, and it slows us down a little bit, helps us to really put things in perspective. And then with gratitude, focus on the things that are going well in your life. There will always be those things that aren't. Focus on the things that are, and then give yourself a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for being uniquely you, for doing the best you can, and for being here now in this moment, the only moment that exists, the now moment, on the amazing planet we call Earth. <laughs>